Before we get into today's episode, October is National Pharmacist Month. So for the entire month of October, we will have our merch 20% off, okay? So go to capsarxpodcast.creator-spring.com and use the promo code pharmacist at checkout and you'll get 20% off your order for the entire month. Also, since we're in October, that means we're creeping up on residency and fellowship season. So if anybody is listening, whether you're a pharmacy student or a pharmacist who's interested in pursuing a residency or a fellowship, please feel free to contact us at tinyurl.com slash services. We conduct CV reviews, mock interviews for both fellowships and residencies, and last but not least, letter of intent reviews. So if you're struggling with your letter of intent, you're struggling with how to prepare for the mock interview that you know is coming up, and if you're having issues really finalizing your CV to make it stand out, please feel free to just sign up at tinyurl.com slash services. Last but not least, we will also be on Friday, October 20th at Palm Beach Atlantic University College of Pharmacy for the RxPo, uh, so the Career and Experiential Expo for pharmacy professionals. So we will be there from two to five. So come check out our booth. And the following weekend, we will be at USF's residency showcase um, at the University of South Florida College of Pharmacy on October 28th. So October 20th, we'll be at Palm Beach Atlantic University. Come check out our booth at the RxPo. And then October 28th, Saturday, October 28th, we will be at USF for the residency showcase and come check out our booth once again. So thank you all for the support. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Capsule Rx Podcast. Today, I'll be your host, Dr. Joven Lazo. And today, I'm with a very special guest who I'm kind of shocked to have on because this isn't something I normally talk about or even knew existed, but I do believe could be very beneficial to our audience today. So this special person is Patty Mara. Is that how you pronounce the last name? It is. Perfect. So Patty has over 20 plus years of experience dealing with the independent pharmacy profession. She has so many different resources that you can access to help you if you're thinking about starting an independent pharmacy and or if you currently have one and are having difficulties trying to find ways to still stay profitable in this new environment. So I welcome you, Patty. Go ahead and take the stage. <laughs> Thank you, Jovan. Thank you. So an absolute pleasure. I've worked with businesses from many different industries. I describe myself as a passionate advocate for locally owned businesses. I think healthy locally owned businesses are a healthy community, but that's just accelerated when you talk about independent pharmacy. I mean, if you don't have healthy independent pharmacy, they're the go-to for people in a community for being healthy and well and, and having someone to talk to and give guidance. So um, I just, I love what, you know, what I've been able to do and working with pharmacy owners and their teams. And I just think it's, a, it's almost like it's one of those industries that it's a privilege and a pleasure just because you get to have an impact every single day. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's one of those where not only is it just an impact, but it's impacting your community directly, you know, and that's something that means a lot to a lot of pharmacists and that's one of the reasons why it was such a relevant healthcare professional career in the beginning is because everybody just loved the impact that they could have on their small little town, on their small little community. But 
of course, with time, things change and new technologies. And now we have so many different technology companies kind of coming into the space of pharmacy, which is kind of impacting that close-knit, that close community feel that independent pharmacy has. So I was kind of wondering, do you have like any advice or any tools, resources that can directly help those that are kind of struggling with being able to keep their business profitable at this time? Well, that's a, that's a big umbrella, Joven. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, lots actually. And um, so let, let me start with the whole thing with technology. I'd like to think of technology as a leveraging tool. Even, you know, everything's been about AI and ChatGPT. I use ChatGPT all the time, but it doesn't replace human ingenuity. In other words, it doesn't replace your creativity. If anything, it accelerates it. It supports it. So with technology and pharmacy, I mean, really, I want to see, when I look at an independent pharmacy, I want to see a very strong sync program. Well over 50% of the scripts filled, you know, ideally are in a sync program. You could say that's technology and automation, whether you've got paper cards that you're tracking or you've got it integrated in your pharmacy software. So you could say that's technology, but that technology automates a lot of the tasks so that you actually batch your work and you manage your inventory better. So you can actually increase the amount of time you spend with patients. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so I, I want to see technology that leverages the pharmacist and the pharmacy team, because I think what we need to not get away from and what is unique that can't be replaced is that advice is the wealth of knowledge is the having someone to talk to when you have questions i think we want to harness technology so you know your question really was what are some of the ways for pharmacy to be more profitable well certainly my first thing is a sync program the minimum level for seeing a significant impact in your workflow and your inventory and the impact is having more than 50% of the scripts filled in a sync program. Um, I've had the privilege of working with Bob Lominick, who Dan Benamos of PDS used to always call the godfather of sync. And, you know, Bob talks about a, a healthy sync program goes, has your pharmacy a practice go from being reactive In other words, you're responding to who walks in and having things filled on demand to proactive that you're able to organize, balance, and manage. And the moment you do that, you dramatically, it's like his team's known for being completely done of a high (laughs) volume, like over 800 scripts a day, high volume pharmacy. And they're like looking for things to do by after three o'clock in the afternoon because they're caught up. So certainly that's, that's a huge piece. And then when you talk about profit strategies, Joven, you need to be increasing your cash business in whatever programs, whether it's supplements or other programs or whatever that is, you certainly need to be increasing your cash business because, of course, pharmacy is being so dramatically squeezed with reimbursements and DIR fees. Late Lisa Faust with X talks about this year as the DIR apocalypse. Because you have to be building up some cash basis to get through the double dipping of DIR fees in, in the first quarter, at least the first quarter of 2024. So 
But in order to increase cash business and in order to increase engagement with your patients, you have to invest in your team. Mm -hmm. So I have to say my first approach is always to invest in your team. That I believe that your team members, the people that are having direct contact with patients, they are the main profit driver in your pharmacy. And so I think it's important to both set them up to win. In other words, they, you take the guesswork out. You know, they know the standards of success. They know how to win at their role. There's regular communication. They know how well they're doing. You take the guesswork out. But then the other piece of that is you engage with them so that, you know, mindset, skills, and positioning, so they understand, they get to step into a purposeful role and understand the impact that they get to have every day. And if we don't set our teams up to win, then they're not going to want to have conversations with patients because they feel like they're selling rather than they feel like they're contributing. We want them to understand the role they have and that they're, that they lean into educating and offering with patients. You know, the rule of thumb is that patients don't even know the questions to ask to make an effective decision for their own health. So if the team aren't paying attention, if they're not asking questions to pull out what's happening in the patient's life, and if they're not making recommendations and explaining why, it's like, I think the only way we rip patients off is we're not engaging with them. They can go to a chain and get a transactional experience. And in an independent pharmacy, it's setting up that creating value and feeling like they're being taken care of. So that would be my umbrella response. (laughs) Got it. I love how, one, you mentioned AI. That was something that I definitely have been thinking about. Like, how will AI impact pharmacy? And I feel the one field it'll impact pharmacy the most is definitely retail. And I completely agree. It's going to help optimize, I believe, the workflow process whether it's inventory with like a med sync type process, being able to get help refills be a lot smoother. Just a lot of the time consuming activities that could help free up time for the techs and the pharmacists to be able to provide more service to the patients. And so that could really help improve the counseling and help improve that patient that human interaction with patients and with the pharmacy team. And so I loved how you mentioned that. And I definitely see how being able to implement different tools in that retail space to really maximize that human connection will help bring back the value to your retail pharmacy, to that independent pharmacy. Because that's where it all started from in the beginning. Right. Right. And so that's what I really grasped from what you said. So I'm really glad you're able to explain that, even though it was a broad, a broad, a broad question, but I, I think you did a phenomenal job answering it. And so one of the things we were talking before you came on, before we started recording, was like the Four Pillars ebook. And mm-hmm. I thought that sounded amazing. So I wanted you to kind of talk about that. Like, what are the four pillars and how can that be beneficial to people today? Yes, yeah, perfect. I, I want to add, Jovan, just in what we were just talking about, because a quote mm-hmm. came to mind when you were talking. And I don't remember the source of this, but it's, you want to systematize the routine so you can humanize the exception. Mm. If you don't systematize the routine, there is no capacity to deal with the exception. The exception is where magic happens. So when you're talking about AI and technology, that's what we want to lean on. We want to take, you know, the things that have to be part of, filling scripts is part of pharmacy, but 
for a lot of pharmacies are almost a lost leader, which is sad to say, but it brings patients in the door. And then what can you do to make a difference for those patients? So, all right. So your, your question, the, the four pillars, and it's interesting, you know, I've been focusing on the team engagement, right? The mindset awareness, the skills development and the positioning so that team members know how to step into that purposeful role. And what I noticed was that while I was doing that training with teams, sometimes when I was working with the leadership, I would ask questions and they were missing what I call the core foundation of setting a team up to win. And the core foundation of setting a team up to win is what I call the four pillars. You know, you need those four pillars to hold up the table, to hold up the roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the first pillar is clearly communicating why choose your pharmacy. Not just that you sell prescriptions, but why should someone choose your pharmacy? What's different about your pharmacy? What value do they get? A different way to say that is whatever you sell, and for pharmacy, that's prescriptions, whatever a business sells, that's the vehicle for how you create value. It's not the value. It's what brings people in the door. So really being clear on why choose your pharmacy and the team understands what that is. So that's the first pillar. The second pillar is position agreements. Now, position agreements go beyond the traditional job descriptions. You know, job descriptions are the tasks and the experience required and things like that. Position agreements are the tasks of the role, how that role contributes to the success of the pharmacy. The standards of success for each of those tasks in the company-wide standards. It's like your core values outlined in operating principles. And it's not that it's complicated, it, but when you put them in place, people understand when they show up, how do they operate that they contribute to results? For example, if you want patients to be greeted within three steps of when they step into the pharmacy, that's the standard. So the task might be greeting patients when they enter the store, but the standard is within three steps or responding to what the message is left by patients. You, what's the standard of that within 24 hours, within two to four hours during a business day? What is your standard? And the thing is the business owners understand what it is. They know what their expectations are. They need to be down. We have to take the guesswork out so the team understand the measure of success. So. P- Pillar two is position agreements. Pillar three is team communication. Again, everyone needs to feel like they're in the loop. And what I hear often is pharmacies are busy. We're talking all the time. We don't need a communication structure. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a, I don't remember the company. There was a study that companies that have a strong routine communication structure outperform companies without by 47%. Wow. Right? Yeah. And and it makes sense because again, you're taking the guesswork out. And it's twofold, actually. You have to have a regular communication structure because not only is that information out so people feel on the loop, but it's also information in that team members can share what they're hearing from patients, what their experience they had, what's an observation they had, what's an improvement idea they you have to open up that form of communication and it has to be regular routine. At a very bare minimum, a 15 to 20 minute weekly huddle. So that's pillar three. Pillar four is regular feedback. 
So we've set the expectations and then we need to be letting people know how well they're doing to the position agreements and the, the standards of success. And regular feedback is not just telling people when they're doing something wrong. It's also telling people when they're doing something right. So we generally say whatever you focus on is what expands. So if we only focus on what's not working, we're going to get more of what's not working. Yes. My rule of thumb is that I want to see a five to one ratio. Five acknowledging team members excelling at what they're doing. They've done something. They had a spectacular conversation with the patient. And I just want to acknowledge, you know, I just, she came in upset. She was confused about her medication. You took the time to go through with her and she left feeling happy and confident. I just want to acknowledge, you know, what you did for that patient. So you want to be acknowledging what's working. And that actually gives you a lot of space then to deal with what's not working without shutting someone down. So thank you for asking, Jeff. And those are the four pillars. Yeah. And listening to you talk, that makes me think about, I have no idea. Maybe I'm hungry. But what popped in my head was like the difference between like Chick-fil-A and like a McDonald's where it's yeah. like Chick-fil-A just has, they didn't try to get involved in the burger business or anything like that. They just said, hey, we're going to always greet you. We're going to provide great value. We're going to say hi when you walk the, through the door. And yes, it may cost more money. And yes, we mainly only have chicken, but this is who we are. And people love the service. And so that's why they decide to go eat there. Or maybe, you know, they feel like the food is better or whatnot. But if not, you just love the service. And kind of, I was also thinking about like Publix and like difference between that and Walmart and how Target and Walmart and different things like that. So I was like, wow, you can also kind of picture this with these big corporations and how they implement in their coworkers these certain standards that you mentioned that's important and how these four pillars will help to uplift this company to stand above the rest. Mm -hmm. And so I love how you mentioned the value standards, the communication amongst the team members and whatever customers come in. And then also the regular feedback, which I never really thought about the importance of it. It's, I swear, it's always the simplest things that, that once I'm on a podcast and once I'm talking to somebody, it makes a lot more sense. Because while you're speaking about that five to one to focus on the positives, it made me think about the law of attraction. So if you're always focusing on the negatives, like how are you really going to expand your business or grow or bring more positive light to within your pharmacy team? But if you spend more time focusing on the positives, and just target one thing that you guys would really like to improve upon and have positive language about it, you know, that could probably help bring a healthy, um, positive culture, team culture, which could help improve your pharmacy setting. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't think about that before. <laughs> but sometimes, hey, that's why you have an ebook. <laughs> well, that's exactly right. That's exactly. And I really think that Owners and leaders' role is to set the team up to win. They need to be heroes. And if you set your team up to be heroes, that they're purposeful, understand the impact they have, they get to show up every day and make a difference, Yeah. then you create a market of raving fans because people are showing up to have an impact every day, which means your patients are having an outstanding experience and they're talking about you to everyone. Yeah. In this day and age, it's probably less likely that it's word of mouth. It's still word of mouth, but it's not word of mouth like physically in person. It's more through social media where something could become like catchy or 
trendy and whatnot. And so you might find something, you know, you might go on Instagram, you find a reel about a restaurant. Then when you go visit that city, you go to that restaurant. That's the word of mouth component. So today may not be as prevalent, but still that communication and word of mouth is definitely key. Absolutely. And there is still, especially in a community, you know, person to person, who do you, where do you go? When I, when I first moved into a small town, a friend of mine had lived there many, many years. And so I said, what pharmacy would you go to? Well, you have to go to Young's Pharmacy on Main Street. So it's like the original pharmacy in this town. And there has to be 20 pharmacies in this town. I drove by at least five to go from my house to Young's Pharmacy on Main Street. You know, people, I didn't even go in there that often, but people knew me my name and I could always call and ask a question. That's perfect. And most of the patients, depending on what type of pharmacy you have, it may be a geriatric population and they probably are more in touch with one another because they're not on their phones as much. And whether it's like a different club or gym class that they do and things like that, and then that word of mouth can definitely be beneficial. So I see exactly what you're talking about. Okay. And then I know you also have a book, Up Solutions. Do you mind kind of talking about that? Sure. It's Up Solutions. And the byline is turning your team into heroes and your customers into raving fans. Okay. All right. And so what has been, I guess, some of the main takeaways from this book that people have told you they received? Mm, absolutely. Well, so I start with, in the book, some mindset shifts. The first of which is the opportunity and change. We've been through, well, it's interesting. I was doing, I was having a discussion with somebody. I was talking about the opportunity and change and, you know, the crisis of two years of lockdown. And of course he was based in Miami. He said, well, Patty, we had maybe two weeks. So, wow. but we've gone through a challenging period of time and we're in a huge period of change that, uh, a lot of the infrastructure that we counted on is no longer working. And so one of the, one of the things in any time that there's crisis or challenge or change, a crisis interrupts all patterns. So I worked with some pharmacy owners and, you know, they were slow to implement new ideas or new programs in 2019 because even if they were being squeezed, especially with the increasing DIR fees, they were still profitable. They were still successful. And then, you know, we had lockdowns happen and you, you couldn't have people come in your pharmacy, for example. You know, so if you didn't have a drive through window, you were doing curbside. And let's say you, you know, sold a lot of OTC and supplements. And if you weren't having, if your team wasn't set up to have conversations, then you weren't selling that. One of the pharmacies that I've worked with, they, as soon as the doors closed and they couldn't have patients in the store, they completely, with the whole team involved, they revamped all their systems and had checklists by, you know, the drive-through checkout. And the team started engaging patients in conversations at a whole different level. And so they actually increase their OTC sales. They increase their accessibility to patients, even though they couldn't have patients in the store. And they updated the workflow. So the crisis of not having the traditional way of patients coming into the store caused them to improve their structure, systems, and training and engagement. And that, when they could let patients in the store again, that took them to a whole other level. 
So, the, you know, talk about the opportunity to change, understanding your customers, your patients. The idea that patients, we said this earlier, patients don't even know the questions to ask to make effective decisions. And, but also pay attention to who are they? What are they communicating to you? What's important to them? The rule of thumb that anything a patient chooses to communicate in a pharmacy is they're communicating what's important to them. And it could be a question. It could be a thank you, an appreciation. It could be a complaint. But if they're taking the time to tell it to you, they're communicating what's important to them. And so we're listening differently than just answering the words. And then the wisdom and experience. Anyone who has uh, been worked in the pharmacy for three months or more, you are an expert compared to patients. And often we feel like we don't know, like, you know, a clerk, for example, working in a, in a pharmacy may feel like, you know, they don't have the knowledge compared to a tech or a pharmacist. And it's true, it's different knowledge, but they actually know a huge amount about patients because they've interacted with them day in and day out. So it's tapping into the awareness of how much you have to contribute, regardless of a driver. Oh my goodness, the driver in a pharmacy is the front face of the pharmacy. Often delivery patients, patients that are getting delivery, that driver is the only, only visual interaction they have with the pharmacy. They represent the whole pharmacy team. So, you know, that's a crucially important role. So start with talking about mindsets and there's a, an absolution recipe, the whole idea of that you, you're always positioning on creating value. What do you know about patients? What questions can you ask to fully understand their needs? What recommendation do you have and why? And how are you building a relationship, not just a transaction? Okay. And then the rest of the book is setting your team up for success. Yeah. And so with this book, is it available anywhere for purchase? Yes. Well, uh, mainly online. It's been out for three years now. So certainly Amazon, Barnes Amazon. and Woman. Okay. okay, perfect. And so... Yeah, it's just one of those things where the more you talk, the more I'm starting to see it in other businesses, different things that they implement and why they might have a certain look or a certain way that you greet people even when you're dropping off their packages because you are representing the brand. And like you said, you're the only person that they might ever see if they just only order deliver their meds to be delivered. So if they never come in. This is what their experience will be like. So if they don't like the delivery driver, that interaction, they may not want to stay with your business anymore. So I definitely see how these things relate to other companies too, and how they train their employees and their communication with their clients, customers, patients, et cetera. So yeah, I feel like we're, we're connecting a lot of dots here. So I appreciate that. And so before I let you go, I wanted to ask you, because I know you've had so much experience dealing with pharmacists. But I wanted to ask you for any of the pharmacy students that are listening or some of maybe, let's say, a pharmacy resident in a retail setting that has ambitions of owning their own pharmacy. What would be a takeaway point or something that you would like them to to implement now in their daily habits or practice to help them become ready for that role? Yes, it's a great question and an interesting Interesting, Joven. I I work with really dynamic pharmacy owners and their teams. I a couple of pharmacies I work with have strong residency programs. 
I spoke to somebody today that has a, a pharmacy ownership fellowship program wow. that you can actually spend a year. A student can spend a year working in their pharmacy and they're going to teach you how to be an owner. So mm-hmm. pay attention to that. If you, if you want to be, and, and actually there's, I think it's Albany University. Um, they've, they've got an elective on pharmacy, running a pharmacy as a business, a business development program. Okay. So pay attention to that. And, and here's, here's the thing that there are a lot of resources out there. If you want to own a pharmacy, then go get into a successful retail pharmacy. And when I say successful, they're innovative, right? They're doing something unique. Maybe it's a really strong sync program. Maybe it's really strong clinical services. They're stretching the impact that pharmacy can have and moving outside of the traditional filling prescriptions. So my first thing is start to do your homework with who are industry leaders in independent pharmacy and then go work for them. And then the other thing I would say, you know, on a day-to-day basis, read business books and read pharmacy business books, you know, as much as you can. Listen to podcasts like like yours, mm-hmm. right? That you're expanding your thinking of what's possible. But yes, get get there is a lot of opportunity now to really understand pharmacy as a business and the impact you get to have and the innovation because I think we're in a period of incredible innovation and mm-hmm. you watch in every community I'm looking in there's one or two pharmacies that are just they're doing something completely different that's impacting their community find who they are and see if you can go work with them yeah I love that having that on the job training to understand how to be an owner because that's a completely different aspect from from being a pharmacist it's another aspect from just being a manager because a manager might only have to manage the people but they don't have to manage the actual systems and operations so that's a whole other aspect so there's so many different levels to being an owner and that's something that i didn't even know they were starting to do this and i might have to get in because i graduated from the university of florida i might have to see if they should add a course like this or maybe an elective for pharmacy students Um, just because that's important and there's not enough i'm sure there's plenty of people that would love to give their advice but there's just not enough access right now to individuals that's just like right out there for the student to grab or for the for somebody who's interested in this just to grab an opportunity but if we can create electives or different rotations and whatnot for these students maybe they would be more likely to pursue this type of career instead of defaulting for something else just because they didn't think it would be possible. So I'm glad you mentioned that. I think for the pharmacy schools, they really need Mm -hmm. to, I think they're doing disservice if they don't. And there are a lot of independent pharmacy owners that would love to support that, a program, a business program for pharmacy students. Yeah, I'm I'm sure I'll have to get in touch with, with UF because last, I don't remember seeing something like that as an elective and it's very easy to get things passed as an elective. And so it's, you know, if anybody has thoughts of that, or even if not, like even me, like starting a podcast out of nowhere, it's like, I, w- I wish I could have learned from somebody. It would have made a lot of things easier. So just having the ability to talk to an owner and learn from them, like different things, you might even be able to carry on to your own business if you want to be like a manager in a hospital or different things like that. So having those opportunities to pick their brains and 
just kind of absorb all the knowledge that they're willing to give you could help enhance your career in other aspects outside of just trying to be a pharmacy owner. So that's something that I'll, I'm definitely going to write down and try to see if I can make that happen. Because I think it'll just bring so much value to students. That's exciting. I love it. Yeah. But thank you so much. That was it for all the questions that I had for you. I always give my guests the opportunity to ask me a question. So is there anything that you would like to ask me before you go? Well, Jovan, what are you most passionate about in your role as a pharmacist right now in your industry? So it's tough because I, I work in a lot of different roles. So I have a lot of different settings in the hospital, ambulatory care, and then I also work per diem at a long-term care facility. So TOC would be my passion, or I should say is my passion and would be my answer, I would say. I don't do it as much as I would like because I do more inpatient work than ambulatory care clinic work. But that would be the, the career that I'm most passionate about that I'm doing right now. But the future, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see because I've always found pharmacogenomics really interesting. I've always thought psychiatry, mental health is very interesting. And then industry has always piqued my interest. So we'll see if I switch careers, do something else. But as far as what I do Today, I would say definitely, without a doubt, transition to care. Excellent. That's exciting. Yeah. Thank you so much. And is there any last things that you wanted to mention to our audience today? Anything else you have going on? Well, we talked about, yes, thank you. We talked about the four pillars and yes. I have got an e-book. I also created a training. So I have a video training of 30 minutes or so on each of those four pillars to make it easier to implement with your team. And both are available for free on the Pharmacy Success app. So if you go to the Google or Apple stores and you download the app and you, lock, you create an account, you get access to both for free immediately. Okay. So that's perfect. That's easy access right there. So I'll go ahead and add that to the show notes as well for anybody listening. So that way it's easy for you to access. And so your book is also for sale. I'll try to find a link. I don't know if it's... I'll get the link from you and we'll post it. And so that's basically it that I had for you. I'm honored to have you on our podcast and be able to share some of your knowledge that you've had over like 20 plus years of experience and definitely think about ways that I could probably improve my podcast side and also different things that we could probably implement in the hospital to help improve workflow and team dynamics. And then anybody listening as a student, I'll definitely try to get in touch with some of the different schools that I have relationships with to see if they offer an elective in pharmacy as far as like independent ownership or just pharmacy ownership. And if this is something that you're interested in too, please, please message me at Instagram, new underscore capsule RX podcast. You can message me on TikTok or you can also message me through email capsule RX podcast at gmail.com. So I can even show how much interest there is. So that way we can definitely get the ball rolling for possibly next year. Because I do have some some independent pharmacies I know would be willing in Orlando. But for those of you in, in different cities throughout Florida, definitely let me know and maybe I can set something up. But thank you so much, Patty, for coming on. I greatly appreciate it. If you haven't yet, definitely go ahead and download the ebook. It's completely free. The four pillars. Learn about that. Implement that into your system. There's also the training to help you all improve your process, your workflow process and your team dynamics. And then of course, last but not least, the Solutions book you can go ahead and purchase now. Did you learn something valuable from this episode? Then I highly recommend you like, 
comment, follow, and subscribe to our new YouTube channel at new underscore capsule rx podcast. And we're also on Instagram and TikTok with the same name at new underscore capsule rx podcast on all platforms.